Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 16th chapter. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. And then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. This is the gospel of the Lord. We can... Well, today we observe the ascension of our Lord, which technically uh, took place this past Thursday. But at first glance, it might seem like the ascension is a strange thing to celebrate. It seems like we're celebrating something that uh, does not at first seem good to us. We heard today that on the Mount of Olives, Jesus ascended into the sky and went into heaven, and his disciples watched him go until a cloud hid, them, uh, hid him from their sight. So it seems like we're celebrating Jesus going away from us, Jesus leaving us, and that doesn't seem like a very good thing at all. But we also know that Jesus does everything that he does for our good. Just as Jesus' death on the cross at first did not seem to be a good thing, he did that for our good. Jesus went to the grave for our good, and he rose from the dead for our benefit as well. It might seem contradictory, but Jesus ascends into heaven for our good. And in fact, he ascends into heaven not to be away from us, but in fact to be with us in a different manner. Remember that Jesus promised, promised us that he would be with us always, even to the end of the age. And so though even, even though we do not see Jesus Today, with our eyes, Jesus is still with us according to his promise. And so Jesus ascended into heaven, not truly to be apart from us, but to be with us in some very special ways. And we're going to talk about those ways today. We're going to talk about three ways that Jesus is with us that are very precious to us after uh, his ascension. In all these ways, Jesus is present for us for our good. The first way that Jesus is present with us, we might call a general presence. St. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 that Jesus ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. When Jesus was on earth with his disciples, Jesus was present in what we might call a local manner. And so when Jesus was locally present in his ministry, if someone asked, well, where is Jesus? You could point to the man standing in the middle of the room and say, there he is. There is Jesus. But now because Jesus has ascended into heaven, Jesus is present just as God is everywhere. 
This manner of Jesus' presence might seem confusing because Paul also says in Ephesians 1 that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realm. But just because Jesus is seated at God's right hand does not mean that Jesus is somehow trapped in one place, but it means that just as God the Father is present in all places and at all times now, so is his Son, according uh, to his nature as both God and man. Jesus' presence now in heaven, seated uh, next to the Father, means also that he is seated in the place of authority over all things. Paul says also that God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. So Jesus' presence at God's right hand and therefore his presence everywhere means that Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the same Jesus who died for us and rose again for us, he is also always near to us. And if he's always near, he always hears our prayers and he holds all things in his hands. And we can trust him to care for us in all circumstances. But Jesus' general presence filling all things is not even the most comforting way that Jesus chooses to be present for us after his ascension. Jesus is not just present everywhere, but Jesus is especially present for us in the church. And although we do not see Jesus like his disciples did in a bodily form, Jesus chooses to come to his church in things that we indeed can see and we can touch. And these are the things that we call the means of grace. And so one way Jesus chooses to especially come to us in the church is through his word. Scripture calls Jesus the word made flesh. And so wherever Jesus is proclaimed, he is truly present for us. And he is living and he is active, changing the hearts of we who hear him. Jesus also promises that although he has gone away from our sight in his ascension, that he will send his Holy Spirit to us as his helper and comforter, as our helper and comforter. And so when we hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit, too, is active, pointing us to Jesus and giving us the strength of faith to believe in him. Jesus says this in John chapter 14. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus says. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me any longer, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. What comforting words from our Lord that he not only is present with us at all times, but he also gives us God the Holy Spirit to dwell with us as well. And so Jesus is present for us in his word in a way that we can hear. 
when we hear his word from the scriptures, but we also hear the word of Jesus in other ways. We hear his word in the holy absolution. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus talks about the forgiveness of sins that the church has been called to proclaim, and it's in this church that Jesus promises to be present when he says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Jesus is truly present with us when we gather together every week and we hear Jesus proclaim to us through the pastor, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When we hear those words, we should not hear the poor sinful man saying them, but we should hear those words as if they come from Jesus' mouth himself. In the absolution, Jesus is also with us in an audible way, a way that we can hear. But Jesus also comes to us in other ways that we can actually see and touch. So, for instance, when we are baptized, we feel the water poured over us and the name of Jesus is proclaimed over us. Again, the name of the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And through this water and this word, that Jesus again truly comes to us and dwells with us. And this is uh, another way that Jesus is with us in Holy Communion. Jesus chooses to be with us in a very special and powerful way, according to his body and blood hidden under the elements of bread and wine. And so when we see these elements after Jesus' words have been spoken, when we taste them, when we touch them, we can be sure that Jesus is truly here present with us. Although we cannot see Jesus in bodily form as his disciples saw him in the same way, we can be sure that Jesus is truly present with us in those elements because he has promised that he will be with us in this way. And so when Jesus says, this is my body, or this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, we can trust the certainty of those words and also trust the certainty of his presence. When we eat the bread and drink of the cup, Jesus is truly coming into us and dwelling with us, filling us with the gifts that he wishes to give us, the forgiveness of sins and salvation and eternal life, all the things that he won for us on the cross. And so all of these powerful ways, Jesus is with us after his ascension, and they point us to this third way that Jesus is present with us. And we maybe think about this uh, this particular way is present to us, but maybe we don't use uh, the technical words so often. Jesus is present with us according to what we call the mystical union. Paul talks about this presence of Jesus with us in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. When Jesus dwells in our hearts through faith, this isn't just a kind of a ethereal spiritual idea, but it's Jesus truly being united with us and dwelling with us. Jesus dwells with each and every one of you, each and every believer at all times. 
We know that as sinful human beings, we constantly need to return to hearing the word and receiving the sacraments to receive Christ and his forgiveness again and again. But even if for some reason we would be prevented from hearing these things and prevented from receiving these things for a time, we still know that because we have faith in Christ, that Jesus is truly present with us wherever we are and whatever circumstances we are in. So when Jesus is present with us, according to this mystical union, this has really a profound implication for us in our lives. First of all, it's a powerful promise of comfort. To me, it's truly comforting to know that no matter what situation or what circumstance I might be in, or even if my faith is weak and struggling, that I can know that Jesus has not abandoned me, but he is truly with me where I am. But also this union that we have with Christ also has implications for who we are as we do our work in the world. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that God appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. Paul here calls us, the church, the body of Christ. Just like our body has hands and feet, because we're the body of Christ, we are to be Jesus' hands and feet in the world. And so we are to go wherever Jesus leads us. And we are to work and to do whatever it is that Jesus is calling us to do. We in the church are called to be Christ in the world. That's why we're called Christians. We are to be a mirror of Christ so that when people look at us, they should see Jesus living and active in us, in the world. In our words and actions, we should be a model of Jesus that people can see and hear. Even though they can't see Jesus in a bodily form and hear him in that way, they can see us and hear the word that we share and learn about Jesus and come to know him. And so with our words, we proclaim the same word that Jesus proclaims. And we're called to proclaim this word of repentance and forgiveness of sins to the whole world to call people to know the forgiveness and salvation that Jesus has given us. And because Jesus is with us, because we are his body in the world, are in our actions, we do what Jesus would do. We are to love and serve our neighbor in their physical and their spiritual needs. Now, as we hear this, how we're called to be like Christ to the world, this may sound like a hard task. <clears throat> it's hard because we are sinners, of course. And this task would be impossible if we were to do it alone. But again, Jesus is with us and he is in us to strengthen us to be his hands and feet in the world and to serve the world and to lead people to know his love and his presence. Our work in the world as the body of Christ is imperfect, but we trust Jesus, as scripture says, to complete and perfect that work that he first began in us. 
And so Ascension Day is a strange day. It's a day when Jesus left the sight of his disciples, but it's not that we are particularly celebrating Jesus leaving us, but we celebrate all the ways that Jesus is present with us according to his promise. Even though we don't see him as the same way the disciples saw him, Jesus is present in all places according to his power and authority. He is present for us in his word and sacraments here in the church, and he is personally present for us, every believer, in a mystical way, so that he will never leave us or forsake us. I want to conclude with one more thing that we can celebrate on Ascension Day, and that is that just as Jesus went into heaven, we are looking forward to the day when he will come back and return to us out of heaven. We read about this from Acts when Jesus ascended into heaven. His disciples were watching him go, and then two angels appeared next to them and said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taking up, taken up from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. We're still waiting for that day. And while we're waiting, we can't see Jesus with our eyes. But we are trusting in his promise that he is truly present with us every day. And we are also trusting in his promise that he will come back once again. And we're looking forward to the day when we don't just see Jesus according to the eyes of faith, but we will see Jesus with our own eyes and our own flesh face to face. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.